road rage. Sometimes worlds collide. I mean, these two dudes don't even know each other, have never laid eyes on each other. They don't know the other guy exists. For instance, Ray doesn't know Mike's wife's having an affair with Mike's best friend, and Mike has recently been made privy to this distressing news. Mike doesn't know Ray recently stopped taking his lithium. Ray doesn't know Mike has a teenage daughter who's dating an older woman with two kids. Mike doesn't know Ray bought a handgun last week because recently there have been a bunch of burglaries in his neighborhood. Ray doesn't know Mike is under a lot of stress at work. And Mike doesn't know Ray has a hair-trigger temper. Ray doesn't know Mike was up most of the night fretting about his wife's affair, his daughter's girlfriend, and the presentation he has to make in front of his boss later this morning. Mike doesn't know Ray was up all night bouncing off the walls from a triple threat of espresso, steroids, and lithium withdrawals. So, it all adds up to this. What we don't know can kill us, or at least cause us bodily harm. Both these gentlemen are now on their way to work. They're out and about in their large gasoline-powered vehicles. Mike drives a dark blue Chevy Tahoe weighing close to three tons in excess of 5,700 pounds. Ray drives a Ford F-150 4x4 King Ranch pickup of similar girth. So, all told, right around six tons of steel rolling along those rural county roads south of Allenwood. Despite the lack of sleep, Ray's flying. He's on day four of a six-day prednisone pack the doc gave him for a bum back. The stuff makes him jumpier than a jarred grasshopper when he's on his lithium and hasn't had half a dozen cups of high-octane java. Now, now he's like a man on a megadose of methamphetamine, speeding down that nearly empty back county road heading for his body shop in Bristol. He's got Lucinda Williams wailing on the Bang and Olsen stereo, car wheels on a gravel road, and Lucinda's husky, heartfelt voice has Ray all worked up, tears streaming down his cheeks, thinking if only he'd treated Allie better, nicer, kinder. She'd still be here with him. And the girls, too. But, but Ray fucked up. He fucked it up, threw it all away, and now they're most of the way across the country, and his not-so-mild agoraphobia makes it damn near impossible to even imagine venturing out to see them. Mike rolls along in his Tahoe, doing maybe 30 miles an hour in a 50-mile-an-hour zone. A few cars beep and pass, but Mike barely notices. Too busy thinking about his wife in bed with Sam. Too busy trying to practice his presentation. 
The company has just signed the contracts on a multi-million dollar project, and today Mike has to convince his boss that he's the guy to run the show. He can't screw this up. The future depends on it. Mike looks at himself in the rearview mirror and says, Buddy, you absolutely positively cannot screw this up. You're the guy. You know you're the guy. Now you just have to convince the boss that you're the guy. You can do it. Ray cranks up Lucinda's can't let go and pushes the pedal to the metal. That wide county road running through horse country runs flat and smooth with a broken white line for the easy pass. Ray, tears still spilling from his eyes, sings along, I'm like a fish out of water, a cat in a tree. You don't even want to talk to me. I got a big chain around my neck, and I'm broken down like a train wreck. The Ford's 400-horsepower, 5-liter V8 hurdles Ray down the road 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. Mike's phone rings. It's Marie, his wife. He hates to even answer, but does anyway. Hey, I just had a big fight with Tracy. She's, she, she says she's moving out. Oh, Jesus. She's moving in with Vera. Mike doesn't need this. Not right now. Can we talk about this later, Marie? She's only 17, Mike. And you're fucking Sam, Marie, he wants to say, but doesn't. Instead, he says, I know, I know, but, but, but I just need to get through this presentation this morning, and then, oh, screw you and your presentation, Michael. This is our daughter I'm talking about. And the line goes dead. Mike sighs. He can feel his heart blasting away inside his chest, can feel his skin crawling, sweat forming in his pits. Just ahead, a stop sign. Mike jams on the brakes, gets the Tahoe stop just before winding up out in the middle of the intersection. Heart exploding, mind racing, Mike takes a couple of deep breaths, looks both ways, and then turns south. Half a second later, a horn lets out a long, loud blast. Mike jumps, hits his head on the roof of the Tahoe, glances in the rearview mirror. The front end of a pickup truck is practically in his back seat, right up his butt, so close Mike can't see the truck's front grille. But he sure can see the irate driver, red-faced and yelling and flashing him the middle finger with both hands. Jesus, Mike mutters, I didn't even see that dude. Too distracted. He gives a wave, turns as best he can, and mouths an apology. The guy in the pickup is still blasting his horn and obviously cursing a blue streak even though Mike can't hear a word. Mike speeds up, quickly reaches the 50-mile-an-hour speed limit. Ray stays right on the Tahoe's bumper. Be tough to slip a sheet of toilet paper between Mike's rear bumper and Ray's massive front grille. Mike speeds up, 60 miles an hour, 70 miles an hour. Ray, a Formula One wannabe, sticks close. Mike doesn't know what to do. Speed up, slow down, pull over, call the cops, get out and confront this crazy SOB? Ray leans on the horn. Five seconds, ten seconds. Mike puts on his blinker, starts edging over onto the shoulder of the road. Ray edges over also. Soon both the Tahoe and the F-150 idle along the shoulder. Mike watches in his side-view mirror. 
Wonders if he should get out, go back, apologize, explain how he'd lost focus because of all the stresses wearing him down. His job, his cheating wife, his rebellious kid. In a perfect world populated with sane people, this would be an excellent solution. But because humans are by and large insane creatures, Mike is, frankly, scared shitless to get out of his vehicle. He's afraid this Looney Tune might run him over or shoot him. So he sits tight. Ray snatches his brandy new handgun out of the glove box. He's pissed off enough to shoot this moron right between the eyes. Hell, the idiot swung right out in front of him. If it wasn't for Ray's lightning-fast reflexes, there would have been a, a hell of a wreck. Most of a minute passes, a Mexican standoff. But then Ray snuzzles the front bumper of his F-150 right up against the back of the Tahoe and gently presses the accelerator. What the hell, shouts Mike. Ray presses a little harder on his accelerator. Both vehicles begin to slowly roll forward. The big Ford shoves the big Chevy several hundred feet along the shoulder of the road. Mike, incensed this crazy bastard is damaging his three-month-old $60,000 SUV, pushes the brake pedal to the floor, shoves the gear lever into park, and swings open the door. Ray swings open his door. A second later, both these grown men in their 40s are out of their vehicles and marching toward one another with hate in their eyes, blood in their faces, and streams of profanity-laced insults pouring out of their mouths. Mike shoves Ray. Ray shoves Mike. Mike takes a swing at Ray, catches Ray in the jaw. Ray draws his weapon and pulls the trigger. The bullet pierces Mike's chest just under his left clavicle. Mike grabs his chest, stumbles back against the Tahoe, and collapses onto his knees. Ray, in awe at what has just happened, steps back in the hope that maybe, just maybe, there can be a different outcome. But he steps right out into the middle of the road just as a young lady in a small Toyota receives a text from her girlfriend. She glances at her phone to read the text and wham, she runs Ray over and both Ray and his gun go flying.